I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, Season 5, Episode 5, Cottier and GIF. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Emma Cottier from Victoria, British Columbia, and we share a ton of resources to get you creating and designing in both Google Slides and Google Drawings. Emma is brilliantly gifted and shares a ton of free stuff, so be sure to check out the show notes as well. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where we share EdTech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool podcast tip or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Emma. Hey, Jen. Uh, did you know that the guy who invented the Ferris wheel never met the guy who invented the merry-go-round? Oh, uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they traveled in different circles. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a month. Sorry, I missed an episode. Sorry, not sorry. We're going to do that one. I We actually had a, a scheduling conflict with uh, a guest I was supposed to have and it, and it fell through. So unfortunately, I had to skip and I was going to, um, you know, record on my own and I just wasn't feeling it. So I thought, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till my next guest who is here today. So we have the wonderful Emma Cotier. Emma, am I saying your last name right? I always, I always. You're wonder. pretty close. It's Cotier. Yeah. Cot oh, that's, well, that's not close at all. Cotier <laughs> is my French version of your last name, apparently. Yeah, Cotier, it's, there it's we go. It's one of those uh, universal Canadian names. There we go. Okay. Yeah. We, you can go either way. You could totally trick me into thinking you're French Canadian, but you are not French Canadian. You are in fact from the whole other coast. Uh, she's coming in from Victoria, British Columbia. So thank you. It's Saturday morning at 10, 17 a.m. Eastern, but 7, 17 a.m. Pacific. But Emma's an early riser, which kind of baffles me for weekends, but okay. She's got a little one. So that, that might explain some of it. Um, Emma is a middle school teacher. So God bless that. Uh, in Victoria, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. I first met Emma online when she was accepted into the uh, Sweden 17 cohort of the Google Innovator program uh, right after I did uh, Washington, D.C. Right. You guys were after, right? You were the spring after we were the summer. Uh, we summer. were there in November, November yeah, so 2017. Yeah. yeah, sorry. No, I meant the fall. This spring doesn't come after summer. And see, it's early. It's early here. So I don't know how you're functioning. Um, and so I said, I noticed that Emma was the only Canadian. I was so proud because when I went, there were, I think, five Canadians. I was the only Canadian woman. And I was like, way to go, Emma, represent. She's like, oh, thanks, Jen. And then our paths crossed again when we both started working as consultants for the Cobblestone Collective, formerly EdTech Team Canada. And we met and we've done a bunch of work together there and I have been so honored and privileged to see the creative genius behind this woman like you've got to see it not only have I seen her create beautiful art that I we've actually put into shooksandgift.com and she does all this art with like with google drawings that's it you've, you've got to see it you've got to go if you never visit the the show notes and the website you have to go this time because it is gorgeous stuff and she not only creates that she created a human being in the time that i knew her so that was also super exciting also very creative so emma welcome to the show what did i miss what more do you want to tell the listeners uh, jen first of all i'm honored to be with you and learning from you it's been amazing um so yeah i'm a middle school teacher from Victoria, I like to call myself a creative technology enthusiast. Oh. I take technology and I put my creative spin on it. And I just love empowering students to kind of express their voice through design, through graphic. Love it, love it. But I think you've you've pretty much summed it up. I'm a middle school teacher, cobblestone collective. I'm a yearbooker. And uh, just sharing my Google love for slides and draw because to me, they're the, the Google besties. Yeah, and and what you do with them is is so amazing. A lot of the mosaic. Now, you did say you wanted to give a shout out because the reason you learned how to do this was because of friend of the show, and we mention him a lot in here, and I actually have him already in our show notes to mention for something that he shared that you screen capped. It was like this like fun little like you know trifecta for the three of us. Our friend Darren Malte. You wanna you wanna give credit to? Oh, Darren, just. Said. Just love. It was, uh, you know, one of those in-person back in those years where, you know, in-person yeah. tech conferences were rampant. Um, Mr. Darren Maltese, you blew my mind with Google Draw and you have just unleashed me into this world. 
and there's no going back. So thank you. You have launched me. You've sent my rocket ship to this creative moon, and I am so thankful. It is. Yeah. Darren, Darren does great things. The first time that I ever saw what the stuff that you do was through Darren. And I remember one night I was creating a tree. Um, and in the tree, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna... And then I was like, how does he do that? And I remember, you know, sending him a message on Twitter and he and I were DMing back and forth. So he's, he's very supportive and also very creative. The two of you together, I think could, could do like a full weekend of just cool creative stuff with Google. It'd be a mad, Oh, I would pay so much money to see that. <laughs> At any rate, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show. A lot of what we're going to focus on today is creative stuff because that's what Emma does. So I, I saved some little uh, stuff that I wanted to share. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start. I know I, I normally let guests go first, but I have some itty bitty shooky giffies that I wanted to share with everyone. And the first one is that trifecta thing that I was talking about. Darren um, put in our cobblestone Slack channel that we now can turn off the film strip in Google Slides. So what I mean by this is when you open Google Slides, you might notice that there's, you know, the, it looks like a film strip. It's the slides down the left-hand side and you can see them, but sometimes you don't want them there. Maybe you don't want to see what's coming next. Maybe you want to have sort of full screen, but be able to actually create in that full screen as you go, right? Build understanding. You can now turn it off. I'm like Oprah screaming, right? Which is amazing. So not only does it give you more design workspace, but also you can be like presenting without kind of people seeing what's coming next. Like, I love that. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. So yeah, you just go up to the the file menu and choose view. And then it says in there now, no new. And it's like, turn on, turn, and they actually call it turn on film strip. And if you have it clicked, it's on and you'll see a check mark beside it. And if you click it again, the check mark goes away and all of a sudden they disappear out the side. And it's, I just love how much more workspace and canvas you have for this. I actually had an add-on that I shared on Shooks and GIF last season that I used when I was online and this is what I'm thinking like if you're online doing that and you want to actually show how you're creating something you now have all so much more landscape there's more real estate I love it love it love it so that's just a, a built-in feature in Google Slides it, it came out of nowhere I get the notifications from Google saying hey you know these are the ones that are releasing and I don't know if I missed it or what's going on but all of a sudden I was like hold, hold on a second why that how didn't I know about this? And it, there it was. So Darren put it in our Slack channel. I, I wrote him and I was like, I, I need a screenshot of this because I was on mobile. He was on mobile. And then it became this like last one to put it. Here's a rotten egg. And Emma was the one who put it in for us. And then Darren tweeted it out. So I have a copy of the tweet on uh, in, the sh in the show notes if you want to see it, if you're on mobile as well and can't try it out. So the second thing I have is sad news, at least really sad news for me. One of my favorite, favorite Chrome extensions called, it's called um, Tab Manager aka switcher but we just call it switcher is gone I don't know what happened all of a sudden I was looking for it I used to use it because you could turn your um your extensions on really easily on and off because sometimes you don't want all of them on or they take up you know a lot of your ram and they just you only need them at certain times and I went to turn something off because I was like oh why is that on that's strange and all of a sudden I was looking for switcher and it was gone just gone so I searched it and I'm getting a 404 error which makes me so sad because I use it all the time so I've, I found another one it's called extension manager I know I've talked about switcher on here before so if you're someone who's downloaded and are wondering the same thing um, try this one instead. I don't like it as much, but that might just be because I don't, the workflow is not there for me. And I, I just, it's bigger than the other one. I liked how compact switcher was, but if you're looking to manage your extensions and this, again, it's a one clicker, you just go up on your toolbar or on your extensions bar there and you can list them. They show them as either icons or they can show them as a list and you just click it to turn it on or click it to turn it off and the one thing that's cool about this one is you can have groups so if I know I'm doing everything creative and I'm like oh I want to have like color pick eyedropper which is something that I use when I'm being creative if I want to have um I don't know which other one I'm trying to think of in here that I might have in there I don't see any that I have anyway let's pretend I'm, I'm putting a bunch together and I'm like oh I use all these at this time you can group them and then turn that whole group on and off at a time which I think is pretty cool for extensions although it's for me, I, I like the single, but if you're into like grouping your extensions, it's cool. My third and final itty bitty shitty shooky giffy <laughs> is um, that you can now easily navigate your Google apps on a mobile device. Now, I fell into this totally by fluke and again, put it in that Slack channel that we have for Cobblestone. I was on my phone and wanting to switch between my account and my kids' accounts because in order to check their homework, because we're very digital now, instead of having agendas my kids stuff is all in Google Classroom. So I go into their Gmail where they get their notifications. But I always have to go into Gmail, right? And then I click the little face at the top corner 
and then that falls down and then I pick the next person and like it doesn't take a lot of time but then I got this pop-up and it said did you know you could swipe through your your accounts and I was like what no so I literally on my device and I've I've come to learn since this is this was in Gmail but it's for every single Google app and not only on the iPhone like me I have Android friends when I tweeted it out who said Chen it works on my Android too so in that top right hand corner where you see the profile picture if you just swipe with your um with your thumb like you do if you're like swiping through social media right and you're swiping up and swiping down or maybe swiping left and right but you're gonna do up and down I don't swipe <laughs> left and right because I'm married and I don't understand that app um but so you go and all of a sudden it just like toggles between your accounts really really quickly and we talk on this show a lot about nanoseconds and I want to save those nanoseconds and that's one of them that has completely changed my workflow because I used to go from you know single inbox to everyone's inbox and okay which kid is this whose teacher is this again and now I can just quickly go through each of them and it makes me so happy Emma it makes me so happy it's just a little thing and but it's those things we didn't even know we needed it till we see them and then once we have them there's no going back a hundred percent. I will never go back on this. And when I see people on their phone, I'm like, did you know you can do this? Like all week, people are like, I don't care. But for me, and I actually put, even put it out on my library Instagram. Like I, I put the video into a reel and I had so many students say, miss, this is so helpful because they can easily switch between their personal Gmail and their school Gmail. And for so many of us that have those two accounts, that can, that can be really helpful. And then you don't really contaminate both of them and they're not there at the same time. And you're wondering which one is it if you go to all inboxes. Anyway, I love it. Itty bitty super fun for me okay emma your turn you have a couple of things you want to share with the audience i just wanted to share some digital love today um the first is see for create i this was like through my passion of you know going to tech conferences and and building kind of what students were doing in my classroom so i've actually created a i like to call it a digital alphabet so it's a google slide link please use it i think i think it's pretty awesome and what I've done is done a student project example for each letter of the alphabet. And with each letter, it also has like a little formatting tip, like a shape tool or different things. But if you go in, you'll see that we've done like different like map designs for novel studies, characters, inspirational people, summaries, um, just lots of really cool things, I think, that you can integrate into your daily classroom elementary, middle, secondary, tons of different things that you can do. Um, I'm just a big believer that an image can communicate more than words can at times. And I just wanted to show a little bit of the things that we are doing in my classroom with you and maybe to just inspire your kids to show their learning and ideas in a different way. I love this. I love this for a lot of reasons, Emma. I love that you've created something that you're like, hey, I could do this too, an ABC book in Google. And you've changed the slide size, which I adore, right? How often do we not want that like typical slide, like the four by three or the 16 by nine? So do you want to, for people who don't know, you can do this. Emma, tell them how to how oh. to do this. In your case, you've created squares. So you could print this out and have like a cute little square board book if you wanted. Absolutely. Or even... um this is going to be crazy in a totally different segue, but we've even published a children's book through Google Slides. You can export as PDFs and send it to a publisher, but that's maybe a thing for a different day. But we've even published, uh, my students and I, we even have like a published children's book in the Canadian library. Jen, you would have the appropriate term, but it's like a legit published Oh, well, that's amazing. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so in Google Slides, when you open it up, so slides.new in a new tab or through your drive, you'd open up slides. And under the file menu, if you go down to page setup, mm -hmm. there's a little like tab. So you can do standard, widescreen, custom. And under custom, this is my go-to. Uh, most things I do actually are a custom slide setup. And yeah. because I tend to make my dimensions really large, because the bigger the dimensions, the higher the resolution of the image. Bam. I was hoping I was hoping you would say that. So if you want to print things and you're like, oh, they're grainy if I go bigger. Yeah, just play with those dimensions. I always just add like two zeros on the end of when it's pixels oh, yeah. instead of inches. And then I know that it's going to come out like, and with we're a, like higher resolution. Like, and that's the that's the thing with Google Slides that people don't worry, or even Google Draw. Like we, we, you can make things that are meters, inches, yeah. feet. Um, for both our Canadian and American, like you can go big. So yeah. if I wanted to do like a five by seven art print, 
I actually, instead of a five by seven inches, it's more like a 50 by 70 inches because I want to guarantee that really high resolution image because I often um, print eight by tens, uh, 11 by 14s. I am printed like Costco knows me pretty well because (laughs) (laughs) I print things and I print student work and my classroom is just filled with art because students seeing what other students create they go well I can do that and then it just keeps enhancing this level in the classroom and there's no there's no stopping these kiddos they're phenomenal so file page setup scroll down to custom anything you want so um because we print a lot we tend to work in the five by seven eight by ten eleven by fourteen most of the time yeah um but we have even um if I was making say uh, a poster for my classroom. I even go up like two foot by three foot. You can do wow. anything. Even um, just thinking outside the box a little bit. Like Jen, how many times have we gone to Staples or similar stores and got those trifold yeah. science fair cardboard things? We do it digitally in slides. Custom page setup. You can just Google the dimension of whatever yeah. you want, put it in your slides, and then we create a lot of those traditional paper items digitally. I love that. So do you know what I did this week? I often will create posters like and I just want 11 by or sorry eight and a half by 11 or 11 by eight and a half depending on if I want it portrait or landscape to put up in my library things like just signage right hey this is what you need to do on the photocopier oh sorry we're full oh we're closed at this time this room is booked from these hours and I'm constantly going into the files and I was like I don't want to have to do this and I was sitting um with a student of mine part of my library crew her name's Maria and I said oh, I bet you I could I bet you I could do that. And she's like, what? what What are you thinking? And I was like, okay. And I, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even verbalize what I was doing. I was like, watch. So I actually went into my bookmarks and I went to new, for, no, sorry, I, I retract that. I created a slide, went to file, went to, you know, custom size, did the eight and a half by 11. And then I took the URL for that. I went to my bookmarks. I created a bookmark that was that link, but then I changed the end from edit to template slash preview. And then I saved that bookmark. I now have a folder on my bookmark bar that says new docs. So I have like slides.new saved. I have docs.new saved. All of these, I just open a random new document, but now I have another one that's the eight and a half by 11 Mm. and, and 11 by eight and a half slides template. Now, because of that, I needed to make sure I never erase that blank slide because that's the template we're drawing from. So just in my Google Drive, created a folder that says, you know, um, size templates, do not erase. Threw them in Which- there, ignored them. And now every time I want to create it, I'm say again, these nanoseconds that I talked about earlier, instead of going into, okay, I'm going to open this up and I'm going to go to file and I'm going to go down and I'm going to click this. Like instead of having, well, let's count how many clicks. Like, so I've got to open it. And then I've got to hit file and then I've got to hit size and then I've got to hit custom and then I've got to type in two different things. That's seven clicks that I do. Now I have click the click the um, the the folder on my bookmarks bar, click the template that I want, click the use template and that's it. Three, less than half, less than half the number of clicks, which again sounds ridiculous, but it saved me so much time. And all I did was create a bookmark to that that canvas size. So if you're someone that's, you know, like Emma, if she's constantly using a five by seven with her students, have your students do that. Create one and then just, you know, copy that one constantly. And it's just blank. I I made it completely blank. I even took out all the um, text boxes and everything. And I think it's going to save a lot of time. Jen, I am doing that today, even for how much (laughs) I designed, which is a pretty excessive amount. Um, I'm going to, but not only that, having those templates accessible, like for your kiddos. Okay. Um, Because I teach a graphic design course, boom, in the Google classroom, here you go. Like just getting those kids set up so they can just start designing right away. I'm doing that today. I don't know why I haven't done that. I don't don't know why I hadn't thought of it either. Cause it's like, I'm constantly going, I'm like, oh, I wish I, this was one of the options and it's not. Anyway. Okay. We've, we've gone way, way off course here, but that's (laughs) fine. The other thing with C, C is for create what I was going to get at in here as well was the fact that you have shown all the different things that you can do in in Google, like, be it, you know, uh, drawings or slides or whatnot. So you have things like, hey, you know, design a bingo game, you have here, you know, uh, um, pair up with Canva. Um, I like your aerial maps, self portraits, things like this. 
this is not only a cool thing to learn what you can do in Google, but for teachers to use as different ways to assess students, like no more essays, no more book reports, no more. If you're looking for creative ways for students to make their learning visible, you have how many? Well, there's 27 slides here, right? With, well, there's a 26 ideas because one for each letter of the alphabet that you can use. So absolutely visit the show notes. Absolutely come in and check this out. Um, and you could even like pull a couple and be like, hey, students, you could do this or this or this and give them that choice, right, to differentiate so that they meet their needs. Um, I think and, it, and it's beautiful, like your your eye for color, too, and is always incredible to me. Like you're able to get that perfect palette, which I really struggle with. It's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. Oh, thank you, Ben. Okay. Yeah, just I just think just encouraging, like, um, it just can, I am always blown away by how much an image can capture their ideas and their thinking. And, uh, I continue, like, even though I teach graphic design over and over and over, nothing's ever the same. Yeah. Every, you know, every kid just comes up with, and every kid, that's the big thing too. Every kid, we all know our classrooms are super diverse with our learners. Every single one of my kiddos, regardless of their ability, can create a powerful design to share their thinking. Yeah. I, this is what I, this is how I feel with sketchnoting. You know, I'm a big sketchnoter. Um, I love sketchnoting. I'm actually at the end of the show going to talk a little bit about sketchnoting in my course and how it might be coming back. And by might, I mean it is. Um, but we'll talk about that later. And like that whole adage of a picture's worth a thousand words is really, it, it really is something, especially for students. And at the middle school level, particularly where their vocabulary may not be as van- as advanced as their ideas, they can do a lot if their their thinking is there and they're creative. And even if they're not, they could find something, you know, a, a niche to show what they know, which I adore. Mm-hmm. Okay. You also have here something about a taste for West Coast graphic design. Tell me about that. I just wanted to share a little digital love with you all as a thank you and a thank you for all your fans. Um, It's just, it's a beautiful local beach here on the island. So I'm on the very south end of Vancouver Island. You can go up either side of the island, but on um, the super west coast of the island. So further away from all you on the main rock, um, we have just these gorgeous beaches. And that one's called Mystic Beach. It's one of my favorite places. And um, I was inspired. Kim taught, she's an artist up island. So this artwork is inspired by her work. Um, I just recreated it. And it's probably one of my designs that I'm most proud of. It's one of my favorite. And uh, I just wanted to share it with you all. So if you love it, print it. Put it I on your custom wall. It's, it's designed gorgeous. for an 8 by 10 um, But it certainly has the resolution to go bigger if you want. But it's designed to be an 8 by 10 And uh, I am one of those people that, of course, I go to Costco. I send stuff to Costco now. And then I just print it and I frame it. And it goes in my classroom or it goes in my house. And uh, just makes me smile. And I hope it makes you smile too. It's so good. So on this, you'll see how Emma has done the... the, She's put the actual original image and then her Google drawing. It's almost identical. But like but not like you can tell it's it's google google-fied we'll say it's, it's it's totally gorgeous i'm actually doing a reno in my house and i showed emma has one that we've put in the show notes that she did recently it's an orca coming out of the ocean and i showed my husband he's like oh my god that's beautiful we should hang that in our house once we do the reno i'm like for real for real we need to do this i would be so honored and oh my god and i think what makes graphics designs and maybe this is what i'd encourage students but every single part of a graphic design is a layer and the more detailed graphic design, such as this Mystic Beach one, it's not any further ability in skill. It's just the layering of images. And so those really detailed, really elaborate graphics is just more layers. It's a layer upon layer upon layer. And they're all with that curve tool. Love, 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 love that, that curve tool. Okay, so if someone hasn't used the curve tool before and someone's like, okay, this is great. They, they come to the show notes, they see your art and they're like, oh, how do I even do this? Do you have a video anywhere? Do you offer anything to people? Do you go into classes? Do you do any kind of seminars that people could reach out to you? Of course, Emma's information is all um, in 
the uh, on, on the show notes as well. Um, what's the easiest way to get in touch with you, Emma? Do you think like Twitter? Um, Twitter, Twitter's totally fine at Emma yeah. Cottier on YouTube, actually through our Cobblestone Collective that we both work for. One of, um, this is my recommendation for getting started. There is one called Paint Like a Pro. It's inspired by Roy Henry Vickers, um, an amazing Indigenous artist here on Vancouver Island. He's based out of Tofino. And um, it goes over the curve tool. And it's a it's a great design. I'm not even going to call it basic design because it's a beautiful design. Mm-hmm. But it teaches students the skills. The curve tool is under that line. We all know under the sharp tooth, like you always have those extra features. Yeah. It's the fifth one down. It's called curve. <laughs> Are you looking and, or do you just know? Do you just know that? I just know. Point? It's like, I'm not even looking at draw, but it's Amazing. like, come on, it's the fifth one down. Um, I've done this a couple times. One, once or twice. Once or <laughs> once twice. Um, but my biggest recommendation is they have to be a closed shape. So you basically just click, drag, click, drag, click, drag, come back to your starting location. It makes a closed shape and then you fill color it yeah. and then you do it again and then you do it again. Yeah. And then you do it again and you keep making these closed shapes with the curve tool or the polyline. So the curve tool, of course, does curved ones. Polyline is going to give you that geometric effect um, in the in the notes. Mm-hmm. There's art of both. So we've included both those styles for you. And I actually think let me just check here. I think it almost worked out exactly um oh no it's a combo so they almost staggered so the orca is curve tool audrey hepburn that's actually by one of my students grade seven students no (laughs) so if you want your mind blown go into the show notes because audrey hepburn is by one of my grade seven students just two weeks ago and i opened it up i'm sitting here mouth agape like i I'm speechless. Yeah. I fully thought that was you. No. So I need to give a shout out. That is one of my students. The rest of the drawings are mine, but I am in love with that art and it's made with Google draw. It's a polyline, but that is one Jen. I am framing. I'm putting it in my house. Everything about that is grade seven student. And Jen, this is going to make your draw drop even more. Had never used Google draw before. It's, so it's incredible. I run a nine weeks. No, this is the crazy. Part. So I run a nine week graphic design rotation and the kiddos all we have 600 middle school kiddos. So kids rotate nine weeks in nine weeks. We cover like docs, slides, draw conditional form. We like run through that. So that skill was learned in a week. That's insane. That, start to finish grade seven one week i hope your mind's blown because i cannot stress this enough i can show you artwork for days you you know you teach the skill the foundation skills you don't even have to be a pro yourself it's just a matter of showing the kids how they can express their ideas with the tools they will blow your mind so on the show this does this blows my mind so I love Audrey Hepburn and my student knows that I'm using this art. If you love it, please keep it. So the Orca is curve. Audrey Hepburn is the polyline. Yeah. Um, the portrait, of course, is curve. Mystic Beach, that's my freebie to you. If you love it, print it, put on your walls, a curve tool. Um, that's Kalmaka Lake, um, the middle one, geometric mm-hmm. art inspired by Elise Dodge. She's an incredible, talented Canadian artist. Um, that's in the interior of BC. That's the uh, polyline. And the f- bottom right-hand corner is uh, Taylor Beach. It's really close to my house here on the southern Vancouver Island. That is all curved tools. So they're all individual shapes. That's so cool. It's it's just so cool. Now, I, I've done this. Like I said, I did it with Darren. I'm actually, I'll, sh- I'll throw in my tree into the show notes and you can see how I am not as good as Emma, but I, but it's good. I'm really proud of it. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm bad, but I'm, I'm not Emma good. Um, I, I'm certainly not Emma student good. Holy moly. Um, but we've done this as a social activity with cobblestone. You led us through a paint night, a digital paint night. So if you're looking for staff or friend wellness and you're like, well, I don't want to have to go out and buy all the paint and the mess and this and that you could try this. So talk, talk about that. Talk about how we can use it in that way too, Emma. Oh, absolutely. I love virtual paint nights. I do them all the time. If you, you can reach out to me, you never know. Maybe <gasps> I can, uh, 
Emma can run a virtual paint night for you and your friends. You can do that. I do them all the time. I have a ton of different paintings. You can even give me a painting that you love by a famous artist, and I will show you how to recreate. I can recreate anything for you, do portraits, whatever. Um, I have to also give a shout out to Kim. Kim, like from the show, Kim, <laughs> uh, your show. Kim Polishuk. Uh, little little Shooky. Little Shooks. Kim Polishuk. So we did actually, I think just last week, we did a Google Draw session. And Kim, like Kim certainly has foundational skills, but she says, you know what, Emma, I've always wanted to do a portrait. I said, you know, Kim, we're going to do the session. So I'm doing a live session and Kim's falling in love. So Kit, following along, Kim chose Kristen Bell of like the XOXO gossip. Yes. But also uh, like of Hello Bello diapers. She does it all. Um, all. She's amazing. I love her. (laughs) So Kim did... Kristen Bell and she totally took the risk because she's like, you know, I don't even know if I can do this. Kim nailed it. I want to see. I'm gonna, I'm literally texting her right now. I'm gonna see if we can get it in the show notes. You okay. know what? I have I have access to it. It's in our. Oh my gosh! So Put I it in there. Get you that she's in the show, so we just take it. Any anything that's Kim's is shooks and gifts too. <laughs> <laughs> we are putting in there, but that is just a testament. Like I maybe did, I don't know, a 20, 25 minute demo. And Kim went from zero to hundred, but not only I was super it's proud of so, Kim, but I was. It's so. And Kim was so excited. So, yeah, oh, I I love yeah. it. I really hope the people from the show call you and and get you either. The the beautiful thing is she's an early riser, folks. And if you're on the East Coast here, and you know you have a nine o'clock class, she might be able to do something with your class for you know I don't know who knows what's gonna happen. You never know. You I'm never know when Emma's gonna mornings, uh, pop up. Morning, uh, morning's my prime time. Um, but that. not only that, um, especially in the middle school where that kind of independent problem solving is not always exactly where we'd like mm-hmm. it to be. I find through these tools, that creative thinking, that critical thinking, that student engagement, that independent problem solving, like when they look at something, they have to think about creating mm-hmm. that layer by layer by layer by layer. There's so much thought process. And and perseverance, because if you're using that that polyline tool and you double click in the wrong spot, it doesn't close. And then you say some bad words, which is why you want to do this maybe with adults, with adult beverages. So you just be like, yeah, and you can have like a little sip of your beverage. Yeah. Or a Christmas party. Let's hang out for like a Christmas party and do a virtual paint night, just saying lots of options. But yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned that Jen, both the curve tool and the polyline tool, they work in exactly the same ways. Um, But some kiddos it is kind of that learning curve they accidentally double click or they are not able to find the starting location by the way you almost like see that it's like a little magnet that that like to draw those two ends together they'll like click together and um some students it is like it does take them a couple tries like even for me i use it all the time i still accidentally double click sometimes Oops. The only thing, and this isn't even a critique of Google Draw, but there's no way, like, you have to start over. And I guess that's the biggest advice. If you do accidentally double click, there's no Google magical powers that can fix that. You do need to then retrace or redraw and do that close shape. Yeah. And that, that can be frustrating, but you know what they, they learn quickly. And, and for me, you actually came in last year when I was teaching again and did this activity with some of my grade 12 students and they got frustrated and they were like, no, I can do this. So they, they found tricks for themselves. Like, okay, let's not click too quickly. Let's make sure if we can make a long line, then we'll do that. But if we can't, mm-hmm. then like, let's pay attention to that short line. That problem solving was there even in the 12th grade, which I, I thought was pretty pretty awesome and they loved yeah. it some of them created some really beautiful posters for me um we did we were I don't know if you know the unlearn found well you know because you did the project with me but people who aren't here um we did the unlearn foundation which they have these posters that are very thought-provoking on social issues and I had students recreate them I'll put a link to unlearn in the show notes because it's, it's really fabulous if you're doing any kind of like social justice or equity work with students um but yeah it was it's a lot of fun okay Anyway, that's, that's, we, we've, oh my gosh, we've, we've, we have, we've covered so much and I've actually, I found the link and I'm going to put it in the, uh, the show notes here to the paint, like a pro from cobblestone, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, that is a really great starting place. And the best is there's no prep, like there's no teacher prep time. All it's a matter of clicking play. It's going to guide you through the step-by-step and, uh, 
again, you're just going to be blown away because there's always those students in your class without giving that can just take everything to that next level. So yeah, I love that. Prepare so to you, be amazed. You just heard the little ding potentially here in the, uh, in the show. I'm sharing my screen now with Emma because I want to show her the next thing. I know that Emma is really obsessed with design and she likes things to look nice and so do I. And one thing that I really like if I'm not doing Google drawings is making sure my fonts are pretty. And I, I'm really pick, picky about, oh, I want this font to be, you know, a title because it looks different. It's a bit more bold. It's a bit bigger. I want a sans serif, which are the ones without the little feet on them, like without those lines. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I have mine, but there's got to be more out there. So I found this add-on and it works in Google Docs and in Google Slides. So you're going to install it. It is called, I want to get the name right. Hold on. It's called Extensis, E-X-T-N-S-I-S, Extensis Fonts. So you go, you open your slide deck in my case that I have opened, or you open your, you know, Google Doc, you go to add-ons, you choose Extensis, and you hit start. And what happens is a little sidebar is going to pop up on the right. Emma's watching along here. And in that sidebar pops up fonts. And by fonts, I mean every single Google font there is. Okay. They're like coming. All they're coming. 600 plus of them. All four bazillion of them are here. <laughs> so what I do is I come in and I'm going to, so I have a really, really crazy slide here that says, this is my title and this is my subtitle. And so I've just highlighted, <laughs> this is my title. And I'm going to scroll through the list of extensis on the side. And it's going to allow me in real time, my, my computer's a bit laggy because I have about 400 things open. Um, but it will allow me in real time to pick a font. So as I'm scrolling through, I'm looking, these are all, give it a second. So I might be like, oh, okay. Oh, these ones are starting to look a bit nice. Oh, this is good. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll a little bit more. They're not loading totally properly here because again, it's going a bit crazy, but what you'll see is if I click something like Baskerville here and I click it, it will then change. So if I click it on in the like sidebar, it will change my font in the actual slide to that font. Now, Emma, you're not good. There you go. Here it comes. And boom, it's that font. And if I'm like, oh, I like that. I can click back in the font. That font will stay. And if I don't already have it added to my font collection, it will automatically add that font to my fonts in Google Slides. So here, there, they've got, I'm like, ah, no, that's not what I want to look for. I'm going to try this one. Bayon, I think this is called. And again, it all of a sudden, it takes a minute and then boom, it changes to that. So Ooh. in real time, I can now see because often what we have is we just have that drop down and we're guessing. We're like, oh, well, this is good. And you have to click and you're like, oh, no, that's not it. And then I have to scroll through all of them again because it'll put it right at the top. And then I've got to remember, OK, and I've got to, again, I mean, say this, I, this, this episode is about not only creativity, it's also about saving nanoseconds. Um, so I can click that. And as you can see, they just all show up here on the side. And I've discovered some really cool different fonts um, for things that I've created in in my learning commons for um, stuff that I've sort of put out to the public and, and different sharing. I love it. It's a quick way to be able to see lots of fonts and change them really easily and then add that font to your font library. Fun, right? Amazing. Yeah. I have to confess my, my font library is pretty big. <laughs> oh yeah. My, I have it, my font library, it, like gives my, my extension library run for its money. Um, the other thing that I found sometimes, you know, you're looking at things and you're like, Oh, I don't know. Which font should I use? I, I, I can't really see one. I want one that kind of looks like, like Halloween, right? We just, you know, Halloween was, you know, a few weeks ago. You're like, Oh, what, what could I do for this? This is, um, the TCEA had their conference. And one of the things that they did was they, they had this blog post that's called seasonal fonts for workspace uh, for Google workspace. And they literally just found some fonts that align nicely with different seasons. So they have like autumn fonts or like Creepster, which I use or Henny Penny or Nocifer. But then they also have some other ones like this one called Eater, which I've never seen before. And it's there. Those ones are very like Halloweeny sort of, I don't know, how would you describe these fonts here? Like one of them is blood dropping from them. Yeah, or like the more like horror story got yeah. that like horror is good. scary. Yeah. And I love, I am super particular about this, but part of the design process is like aligning those colors and fonts with your purpose and your meaning. If I have kind of like that scarier story, I'm going to pick one of those fonts. If I'm doing like a fairy tale or creative writing, I'm going to choose one of those more like handwriting fonts. So we have a lot of conversations because that digital literacy piece is recognizing that mm. colors have meaning fonts have meaning 
Um, because if you write a serious thing or make a serious publication, but if you do your font in Comic Sans, oh, you're going to take away right? and don't even get us started about Comic don't get Sans. Us started. Totally don't get us started. But that's going to take away from that power and that impact. So mm. fonts might seem simple, but to me, they're one of the biggest things. You need to choose them carefully sometimes. Yeah. And you know what, if you even want to have those conversations with students, I think this website, and again, it's linked in the show notes, can do that. You can be like, okay, here are even even just print out what they have, right? Here are some fonts, which season do you think they represent and why and then have those conversations. So you can do that concept attainment on how fonts can make a difference and set a tone or set a mood in a visual piece, right? The same way we, we choose words, like as an English teacher, I'm constantly telling students, don't say said, 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 said all the time in your story, unless you want it to be that like, unless you're you're looking for straightforward I don't want to say bland because it doesn't it's not always bland like there could be intention and purpose with it but if you want to if you want to spice up your writing a little bit you're going to choose different words to set tone and to set mood mm-hmm. um, and fonts can definitely do the same thing so I thought this was a really cool blog post as well to align with that extensus um, uh, add-on for slides and docs if you're like okay well I, I don't even know where to start which ones can can I do here's a list to sort of um, to f- filter out some that might work for and you. Maybe so, and maybe just adding, and this is, we have conversations, I have a conversation a lot with students that headings, you can take more risks with the fonts. Like you can have some busier, more crazy fonts, but your actual body of your text needs to be a more visual, simplistic font. So we have yeah. that conversation as well. If you want to get crazy with fonts, you do it in your headings, your tidings, those big, bold words, the rest, you need to make them more visual. Absolutely. Which leads nicely to our next share. And this is one of yours. You have 50 plus Google Slides templates. Tell me about this. This was So this was like in the peak of pandemic world. Uh, super pregnant at this time. You were. Uh, super. Yeah. Large and in charge. Um, but basically, you know, stud- our teachers and students did like a full 360. Like we went from, you know, paper combo, you know, having that direct contact with students to the, like, you know, piling things into Google Classroom. So I made this to help teachers, but it's still very applicable, whether you're in person, whether you're hybrid, whether you're remote, it's just 50 templates to get you started. So there's math manipulatives and anywhere from elementary or secondary, like we go from counting apples in the elementary to like binary code in Mm. in the secondary, even like balancing chemical equations, like every, there's kind of a little bit of everything in there in if you see something you love just simply copy the individual slide like right click copy the slide that you like open up a new slide slides.new paste in that slide you'd like and then if you're doing the counting you could make duplicate like control d to duplicate you can adjust the colors you can adjust anything but they're really designed uh i don't know where you are jen but skip the slide design is um kind of like a little play on skip the dishes yeah yeah totally it's that go-to okay i don't feel like cooking yeah i don't feel like designing just give me something that exists I don't feel that so- i don't have to pay for that's in a platform that my kids are, my kiddos already understand i just yeah. i need them to do some money work what can i do and you have that one here i in fact i will say when you designed these and at that time if i'm not mistaken it was right when it started right like you designed this back yeah. like march april and yeah we were completely asynchronous with our kids at home. I had two kids were in grade two at the time and then one in grade four. And I used a, a number of these when I was like, oh, this will be perfect. Emma has this. And I would have my kids do this to learn, but also to fill some time that was fun for them. And they themselves, what I loved about it was my kids saw the power like, oh, this is in slides. I'm, and my own children now actually create slide designs based on the beautiful things that you designed that oh. I had them practice on when we were remote. So it's sort of it, like, it's great for like easy for the teacher because it's fast, but it also shows the kids what they're capable of and what's, what's able to happen because we're not all, we're not all Emma's, right? Like you're going to have a little bit of like, oh my gosh, I'm not this good. Like every time I see Emma's stuff, I have to remind myself, that's okay. This is Emma's niche. That's not my niche. It's fine. I can do this and just glean a few things each time, like be it the fonts, the colors, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it can inspire some of our students to do really great work. So we don't get those boring slide deck presentations anymore too. That can, totally. that comes and from this. Showing like color combinations, but also like they're 
I don't want to use the word simple, but they're very like kind of basic designs in the way. It's a solid background color. It's a table. They're those universal digital skills, mm -hmm. but used in a way that, and I, yeah, they're just grab and go. They're there for you. If anything can be helpful to you in your classroom, that's great. Something that I do a lot is in my Google classroom. I actually have made like an enrichment section or like a if you're done early section, yes, there's no such thing in my classroom of like, I have nothing to do. That doesn't exist. There's no. always something to do. So a lot of the time, like, especially like binary code, I drop that into, I put it in its own slide deck. I drop it in my Google classroom. Perfect. You're done early. Try this binary code. Um, and I just put different activities in there to extend their thinking. Uh, if they're done early, they're also great for lessons. So you could project one of these, like maybe you're a secondary teacher and you're teaching balancing equations and it's getting a little libraries writing them out. I've even done it where you can just with your cursor, drag those numbers to manipulate them. So you could just simply retype some chemical equations with your finger, draw, you know, be moving around those different numbers and showing them like, maybe an equation that doesn't quite balance and then manipulating it so it does balance. And it's all subject areas. Um, there's even like the classification in science. There's graphic organizers. Uh, I make concept webs all the time in Google Slides. And That's it's awesome. just a matter of dropping some shapes in there. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. Okay, so I had one more to share, but I'm actually going to... I'm going to park it. I'm going to share it another time because you have more and I'm recognizing the time and I'd rather share the greatness that you have. But I will say, along with what you just said with there's there's no I have nothing to do. One of the things that I have done when, you know, when I was teaching last year and I'm like, hey, you know, try these out. Um, and I have them up because I it's paid. There's some freemium with it. He offers some free ones. But Tony Vincent, I've mentioned it before. He's been on the show, um, offers shape grams and he creates these like beautiful like icons and images based on just using the shapes in Google drawing. So what you show the students, okay, here it is. It's like a tangram activity to me and where you say, okay, can you recreate this and how? And, and there's videos that go along with it. So I'll link that to shape grams by Tony Vincent. Like I said, I think you pay, I think it's, I want to say it's $35 for the whole year. Um, and you get one every couple of weeks and is that how it works? And then you have access to them. And it's not only, okay, here's a shape gram. He kind of has a video. He has a little corny joke with it. He has extension activities. For me, it was totally worth it. And I would, I do them every now and then. I put out a couple of computers in the learning commons and I say, hey, you can do this. And the kids sit and you you find those kids that are creative and digital, but not necessarily the like computer programmers, right? Or maybe they are. Um, and they do that. So shape grams is really awesome. But okay, Emma, you have four more short little things you said you wanted to share. Let's end the show with those. Um, this is just me sharing some digital love with you. If you can use it in your classroom and it benefits students, then please, you have my green light at all times. You don't have to ask. Please just use. Um, the first is just a custom Google Classroom banner. Mm -hmm. um, I like to kind of customize for my different subjects. All you have to do is click on it. It's a template. Adjust the color. Throw your Bitmoji in there. You download it. You upload it to your Google Classroom. I believe actually I put instructions in there. So that's a freebie for you. I love that. Um, now, Emma, let's talk about how they, they used to be that it would shade out your Google um, <laughs> classroom headers and that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I know I used to have to like adjust my colors to like take in that like they're going to be like shaded. Could you darker. do it? Could, did you figure it out? Because well, I could never figure that out. I would just pick colors that like I knew with like the shading thing like would look right. nice. Yeah, But now, like now, whatever you create now is going to be exactly as is, which is awesome. What you see is what you get. Yeah, um, I love but that. contrast is awesome. Like if you, you know, most of your Google Classroom is going to be white. So I would choose like a, a, you know, a darker color to make your, your banner pop. And like, yeah. it doesn't have to be super dark, but contrast is very important in the design process. Yeah. Um, so there's a custom classroom banner. Feel free to use it. Um, the next one is a big kind classroom poster and actually that's just created oh. with shapes and one piece of word art so you'll actually notice it's like layered shapes and to get that rainbow effect i've actually done a colored shape of uh, the same shape but shaded it white to kind of get the the in between <gasps> and then a little little design trick for you if you're like it's if you if it doesn't have the shape exactly what you want 
make your shape blend in with the background and it'll look like there's a gap there. Little tip for you. Those are actually oh just gosh. the same. So hold on. I, I want to make sure I get that right. So what you've done here is if you see it's a, it's a rainbow, it's a very cartoony looking rainbow and not traditional. It's not the Roy G. Biv colors. It's actually, it's just shocking, super beautiful um, variation of them. So what you've done is you've created the shape and then you've just outlined the shape in white so that because your background is white, it looks like there's space between those shapes. Is that yeah, what you're saying very, to me? Very similar. So I did the initial I'm gonna make, shape. I'm going to make a copy and I'm going to. Okay. So the biggest one, and that's, I'd have to um, tell you, the shape is built into Google Slides. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since I've been in there, but it's um, one of the shapes. Uh, I can go get the name of it in a second, but I just okay. put the shape in. It looks like the arch. Yeah. Oh, it might even be the rounded. Anyway, I'll get you the exact name, the shape in a sec. Okay. So you insert it and you color it. And all you do is control D to duplicate, but make your next one white. Your fill color is white. So not your border color. And then you make you, that one really skinny. And you make it really skinny. And then you duplicate your shape again. And then you fill the color. And, and then, then, then you make that one thick again. So they're actually all the same shape. No. Just slightly different sizes and different colorings. I, I'm I'm looking at them right now. I'm I'm literally trying to break. And this that out. is actually neat for kids to realize too that it's it's not like this crazy design concept. It's literally just me layering shapes. And so to the to the very <gasps> inner. Oh my, okay so I, i've just my my computer finally caught up and i'm seeing it's like a, it's the like half, half it's not what shape is that emma i'm gonna go in and look for it. i know exactly the shape because I, I was thinking i was thinking it was like the horseshoe shape but it's not it's not the I horseshoe think shape it's actually oh you know which one it is it is the flow chart delay <laughs> the shape that you would never even imagine it's near the bottom it's on the right hand side jen yes it's i see the it flow Art delay you rotate it it looks like degrees. a d it looks it looks like the letter d like, d. like yeah, without it's... the without the cutout from the middle of the letter d and yeah she's rotated it 90 degrees to the left and, and then, then just oh, mon it. Dieu, oh mon dieu so, I, oh, and those, you know just even like aside from a classroom picture like what i do is it's just mind-blowing how i use the tools and that's what i want to show students is it's not like the skill it's just thinking outside the box so i literally took the flow chart delay shape rotated it colored it duplicated it colored it duplicated colored it and you get this like amazing graphic you're and a gosh darn genius like um, you know, the very, the inner part of the rainbow. So it yes. looks like a real inner archer is literally just that shape, really yes. skinny and white. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not even that it's really skinny. It's just that the next one is that much closer in size. It's so close yeah. in size that it makes that one look skinny. I was thinking it was one of those shapes where you have the yellow little um, diamonds that you had to play with the thickness, but it's not that it's literally no. just a big size the next size, one that's almost that size, then one that's smaller again, one that's almost that size, one that's small. You, you got to go in. Please, and please, folks. I've said it so many times about the show notes, and I know I talk about the show. This one is one you have to visit the show notes. You have to visit the show notes to see the amazingness. Take some screenshots. <laughs> but also um, just so many applications, like teaching students about like proportion and things like that. Like, believe it or not, you can take these really simple designs and they, like we have math lessons on them. Like we talk about proportion. We <sighs> talk about like, it. anyway, you can like totally take it. So even um, at base level, it's designed for, I think 11 by 14. So um, if you like it, print it, put it on your classroom wall. It's Our beautiful. photocopier at school can actually print this size so depending on your school you might be able to print it in-house uh, or just sent it to your favorite local printing place doesn't even have to be framed just print it throw it on your like i know charity charity's been a guest on this show yeah charity on her classroom wall and she like sent me a picture and i'm like oh all the feels yeah charity charity is great she she puts a lot of great stuff up in her classroom i'll put a link to charity's twitter as well she's another cobblestone friend of ours um that's um, awesome okay so that's your be kind you have foodie fun okay foodie fun is kind of inspired by the tony vincent kind of things but it's also inspired i have a year and a half year old super into sesame street and monster and gonger have his their fun foodie truck and i was like 
I was watching Sesame Street with my kid and I was like, oh my God, we're going to make a foodie truck with shapes. And it's a tutorial. If you want to use it, I'd say anywhere from, I don't know, grades four to 12, like would work for a ton of different grades. All the instructions are in there. Okay. Um, I just recently like tried it out with my class because I just made this resource a couple months ago, like for back to school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the again, blown away how students can take a tutorial. They put their little personal spin and design on it. The end results, I think I have some, I do have some on my Twitter. Um, if you scroll back, maybe September-ish. Um, there's some example from my students. It's going, it's really fun. It's also would be great for computer science week. I'm um, doing something like that. So the tutorials in there, it's called uh, foodie fun, a shape tastic adventure. It's linked yeah. in there. It's very much like shape grams. You're right. So tell you didn't on the first slide there, there's, there's a a food truck that you didn't create in Google slides. Did you? No, that one's like an image, but if you. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm like, that looks like if you did this in in Google slides, like I, I, I'm done. I'm done. I have to end the show because this looks like something that was probably created in illustrator in, in. Well, Adobe we could illustrator. make it and draw. I'm just saying I could. Um, no, no, you could. No, really? That that's complex. We, we could get there. But um, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll see yes. my final foodie yeah, truck. It's result. so cute. I might even, um, you know what I'll probably do, Jen, just at the end is I'll, um, I'll take a, I'll download my final slide as a JPEG and I'll put in your show notes. So I love that. people can see, okay, if you do your tutorial, this is what your students are going to make. Students are going to love it. They had so much fun. And they're like, you know what students tell me? Well, they call me Miss Cottier, but they're like, okay, this is just shapes. And it made this super. Yeah. But I think that show, like I go back when I do, when I do sketch noting, I say I was never a doodler. I wasn't like an artist as a kid. I was like, this was not my thing. I did it to unplug and just to hone that skill. That's why I started sketch noting. And it was like, I, I, I like color. I like organization. I like to stay focused and I'm very easily distracted. And so in order for me to learn how to doodle, I went to the visual alphabet by Dave Gray and he says basically with some 12 basic shapes, which some people have even brought down to three shapes, a line, a dot, and a circle, you can make absolutely anything. So when I tell when I tell people in my uh, sketchnoting workshops how to doodle, I break down like a coffee cup, a camera, and a, a piece of pizza. And I'm like, it's just these shapes. Here's how. And I, and I take the shapes apart. And I know that's what... That's what Tony does with Shapegrams. He'll show you the final product and then he actually turns it into an animated GIF that takes it all apart to the original shapes and then back again to show you it's like the puzzle coming apart, the puzzle coming together to make that image. And it's phenomenal. I love it. Um, oh, look, I have a little visitor. Hello, Tanner. We're recording our podcast. And William, would you like to say hi to everybody? Hi. That's Emma. Hi. <laughs> She's saying hi in my ears. No, can we do stop motion? Okay, there. This is what happens. Mama, can we do stop motion? This is what we're doing. So there we go. I don't know if the little giffers have ever made it on the show before. I might, I'm going to keep that in. You know what? Or maybe they can be our guinea, like just even give them the foodie fun truck and see oh, what I they can do. I should come give them with. the foodie fun truck. Maybe I'll do that. Give should, them the foodie truck. Now they ran up. Um, they they have done some of these before. They do. They really like them. And that was one thing. Again, when we were online and we were asynchronous, I'm like, why don't you build one of these? And they it would give them time to be creative because well, I'm pretty I'm pretty strict with screen time with my kids. And Kim and I have talked about this on the show before. Um, like on the weekends, they get one hour each day of iPad time. But then if it's creative things like stop motion, like creating with Google drawings and that, then I'm like, eh, because you're you're exercising a different part of your brain. I I really feel, and this is where we're going um, as far as as creation in our society. So so long as like their eyes are okay <laughs> and they've played outside for a bit I don't mind if they're creating that way love it love it love it okay so we have one last one I think I don't the I don't last know last thing and I just I made this for teachers for students is you know the foundational skills are all there everyone has the foundation skills to slides mm-hmm. you know you know how to get to it you know how to put some text in but I made this level up your Google slide game. I think there's like 10 challenges. Do as many or as little as you want. Great to drop into that Google classroom. It goes over things like reflections, transparent images, yeah. um, shapes, even just um, one of them is creating a flower just with shapes, rotating, recoloring, and it just opens your eyes to the things students can create. And But this is also great segueing into a research presentation because students will learn little tricks to present their ideas in clear, 
you know, more organized ways and more visual pleasing ways. So it's just uh, another tutorial, another resource for teachers and students just to kind of enhance their their Google skills that are already there. Yeah. Or that they don't know that they have. Right. And to get away from those like boring. Okay, here I found I'm going to use one of the templates that's in here and just throw in a picture like to make things more visual because we are an aesthetic society. Right. There's a reason that people are drawn to to Instagram, to TikTok, to the kids on Snapchat with filters or whatever it is like there's something there and they need to realize like later in life, you know, whatever you're going to do, you're going to need to engage people mm-hmm. So this is a a great way to do it. And I love this because it can be completely self-led. Like even teachers, if you're you yourself listeners looking to level up your own Google slide designs and are just like, well, where where do I start? Just go through these even one a day. Do them with your students. Spend the first 10 minutes of class. Like, okay, we're going to learn this today. Let's go and and go in not knowing yourself or learn it and then teach them and and feel empowered. That's awesome. Emma, I I really feel like I'm going to spend the rest of the day at my computer creating on Google slides now. I think this is what I'm going to do because this is... This has been such a fun hour. Thank you so much for being on with me. No, thank you for inviting me and allowing to share my passion. Uh, Student creativity is huge. Um, It's just done wonders for my students, for their engagement, for their ideas, for just all my kiddos. They love it. Even the graphic Mm. design, it just, and these are life skills. These, our kiddos are in a modern era and there are universal design and digital literacy skills that are going to carry with them for a lifetime. Yeah, you're you're totally totally right, and it to me there's that there's that social emotional learning too, right? That we're the creative piece. So it, there doesn't I don't know. There's not the same kind of pressure when no. for me when I'm doing this anyway. But that that's how I think. I love it, and I think more than anything, aside from the creativity that I love, you have it's your ability um, and willingness to always share for free. You're like, yeah, take it, do it, yeah, take it, do it. Like when you came in to my class, you're like, yeah, sure, I'll get up and I'll do this, and I'm like, you know, I don't really have money. You're like, that's fine, we'll just do it because. It's fun. Like you're, you, you're just such a giving educator and it's such good role modeling and I love it. And I love you. And thank you so, so much. Emma. that's, it's been amazing. So much love. Thank you, Jen. So before we do um, completely go for the for the day, I do want to give a shout out to Matt Miller, who is doing his sixth annual Ditch Summit this year. And if you've never done Ditch Summit before, I mean, have you ever followed Ditch Summit? Have you ever done any of the videos? I'm with him? familiar, but I need to actually like do it. So every year, um, Matt interviews 10 different educators or people who might help educators like he had a brain scientist on one year he had Austin Austin Cleon from Steel Like an Artist he um, interviewed him two last year or two years ago I can't remember and every year since the beginning I have been watching Ditch Summit it's 100% free it runs right up before like at the very end of um, the Christmas holidays or the winter break Christmas holidays whatever you call it in your area Um, this year starts on the 13th of December and goes right up to the 23rd so it takes you right into just before actual Christmas day if you're celebrating Christmas and he interviews different people and they just share something that they love about education what they do in education Um, they go from 30 minutes to an hour long video and off they go and I've been doing this since the beginning I saw it I'm like oh I want to learn more about this and I wanted to practice my sketch noting skills I was just starting and so every year I have sketch noted every single um, guest that's been on and it's it's been a labor of love it's a lot of work for me because I have to sketch so every you know I, I'd wake up and you know on the holidays and be like oh I'm gonna spend three hours sketch noting it's a lovely way for me to start it's cold you know I'm Canada um and he's doing a sixth annual one. Like I said, it starts on the 13th. And um, I've sketch noted every year. Last year, I was like an official sketch noter and, and uh, social media ambassador for him. We did a bunch of work. And this year, I nearly fell over, but I was honored to um, for Matt to ask me on as an actual guest. So I'm one of the 10 people who will be sharing um, sort of their knowledge. And for me, it was sketch noting. He's like, you've always sketch noted. It's about time we have you on because people are constantly saying like, oh, how do you do that? And they're, they're interacting with the sketches that I put out. Um, so I will be on, I, I'm not sure which day, but when I know for sure, I will let you know. Um, check it out. There's a whole bunch of great things. If you go to uh, ditchsummit.com, it takes you to the the website. I've linked it in the show notes. And with that sneak preview, um, one thing I do talk about is how I am going to be starting my third cohort of my Learn to Sketch Note with 
John Giffen course. I ran it pre-pandemic and then during pandemic. Well, I ran it during pandemic. It started, pandemic hit, we continued. <laughs> um, and then I ran one that summer because it was a lot of fun. And people kept asking me, oh, are you going to do another one? And then, of course, I was redeployed to a classroom. So I didn't feel I could I could balance um, running the course and investing in the way I could, helping my, my own children who were you know, really hybrid because we were online, offline, online, offline, and then um, giving to my students that I was teaching as well. And then I thought maybe the summer last summer, and then I was just, I was too exhausted to be perfectly honest. And then I thought maybe this fall, but I don't know what the fall is going to look like. And then when Matt reached out to me and said, Jen, will you be on? We can, we can promote your course. I said, you know what? This is the sign to start the course. So I am going to be doing the course again, um, starting in January. There is a small fee for the course, and I've always struggled with that. But then as a couple people have told me, like, no, this is time away from your family and an investment into people's well-being. It's not it's it's not very expensive. And you can use the uh, the code sketch friends to get ten dollars off. Um, it's it's paid in American dollars for American friends, Canadian friends. If you'd rather e-transfer me the money, we can set that up too. And there's instructions. But if you go to uh, today, I you can sign up to be notified when the registration opens. It runs through Eventbrite, um, the registration. And then I run the whole thing on Google Classroom. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I know some listeners have been part of it, uh, which is great. Uh, Tony Vincent, I run it very much like his uh uh, courses. I'm saying uh, a lot here. <laughs> We're running a lot like his courses uh, simply because I love the way his courses went. And Tony uh, graciously sat down with me virtually one day and, and walked me through some of things that worked for him and didn't. So it runs all through Google Classroom. There's like daily doodle challenges. I release like little, you know, elements of sketch noting and there's a little sketch challenge. And it's, I, I've got really great feedback. I love to do it. And I love that it fills my, uh, my social media algorithms, knowing that I'm into art with, you know, some really great art. So Ditch Summit, you can hear all about sketch noting, why I started, how I do it, etc. And then learn to sketchnote.com or sorry, today I sketchnoted.com uh, will get you to be able to sign up and I'll, I'll email you once uh, registration opens. But I hope if you're interested in it, you can join. I always tell people, do it along with your students. Like open it up and just be like, okay, here's the week, here's this week. And and you can go and it's a nice way to start the school year creatively. So that is coming, which is super fun. Anyway, folks, it's been a long episode. If you're here to the very end, thank you very much. Go visit those show notes, see Emma's stuff. It's amazing. Um, tons of free stuff in there that you can use on your own and be inspired with. Have a great day. If you've heard something here today, as always, from Emma and I, we hope you give it a go. See you soon. Bye. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.